Bree. <laughs> We're going to get into that right now with my next guest. Melissa Mantineri is a PhD candidate in English and Cultural Studies at McMaster University and wrote a great article about this for theconversation.com uh, talking about foodie culture and the snobbery that we really have surrounding food and how this movie really highlights that and pokes fun at it in a really great way. Melissa, thank you so much for making the time. Good to talk to you. Hi, Chelsea. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you're doing well today. Yeah, you too. I'm glad to hear that uh, that you wrote an article about this about this movie. It's one that I have not yet seen. It is on my list to see, uh, but the trailer oh, immediately had me hooked. I mean, it's sort of like a, a, a kind of a whodunit type situation, uh, but all surrounding food, high-end food. Why did you yeah. want to dive into uh, really analyzing it and discussing it in such a big way? Um, my research is actually, uh, it's around food. So I'm a PhD candidate in English and Cultural Studies, and my focus is on food literature and food culture. So immediately that's kind of what grabs my attention. And I went to go see the film with a group of friends, and we ended up, like, I mean, loving it. Um, it's, it is a horror, but it's also really funny, and the satire is... It's, it's really engaging, and I think that that's what got my friends and I talking after the film. And one of my friends, my co-author on this piece, Marika, her and I were talking about how um, a lot of the reviews around the film focused on kind of the, the very things that the film was poking fun at. So, like, the, the position of the chef and the diners and not so much attention on the protagonist, Margot, who is really the person that the film's kind of asking the viewers to follow along and she's really the one who doesn't really have much experience of fine dining and is where a lot of the comedy comes from so she's a really relatable character that we wanted to um, talk about in a bit more detail. Uh, what an interesting area of study. I'm wondering if Margot yeah. really is that relatable though because so many people use food as a, a way to sort of flaunt status and to, yeah. and to brag about it in such a big way i mean being a foodie is something that i think a lot of people would consider themselves to to be now right what what do you attribute that to I think because food is something that is so universal in the sense that we all have to eat, it's a really interesting place for people to kind of um, project their identities or play out their identities. So we see the ways that class hierarchies are kind of projected into like the food space. So fine dining or even certain ingredients kind of they operate as like symbols of class. Um, and then there are other ingredients, like really um, maybe familiar ingredients, like I think of beans, like uh, foods that are not really the flashiest, but are really hearty, that often get associated with kind of everyday food and eating um, in different ways than like, you know, like ingredients like truffles or um, caviar, stuff like that. Yeah, it seems, it, it seems also to me that it kind of comes from our... our 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 want our desire to to share what we eat i mean we social media has certainly played into this in a big way do you think that there would be the foodie without social media i think that there there would be a different version of the foodie for sure but that's a great point social media has really i think amplified the ways that people perform their kind of roles as foodies or their the the they that's where they really um 
show folks like what they're eating and and where narratives around like what that means comes from. So I, I know that there's been a lot of conversation around how much Instagram has really changed um, the way that even certain meals are plated at restaurants and it's changed kind of the whole atmosphere of the restaurant. Um, so like even things down to lighting. Uh-huh. Um, so some some restaurants have really shifted the way that their lighting is so that people can take better photos of their food um, because they know that that's something that people are then going to go and post on Instagram. Um, and I know a lot of people also say like, oh, well, d- if you didn't post it on Instagram, like, did you actually eat it or did you actually <laughs> dine at this place? And I, I mean, that's, that's a fair question. I've, I ate at a Michelin star restaurant once. Um, it was a really nerve wracking experience, but you know, I went and I posted a photo about it on Instagram. Um, so I think that uh, social media has absolutely shaped the ways that people, I guess, perform their, their or demonstrate how they interact with food in a lot of interesting ways. Yeah, and it's interesting too, the way that it's served and the, you know, the expectation I think now that you have as a guest in a restaurant for the way that your food is plated and delivered to you. Our standards, I think, are so, are so high now. When we relate yeah. this back, <laughs> when we relate this back to the movie, the menu uh, and the way that it it creates a satire around food food snobbery i mean is that is it a bad thing are you suggesting that being snobby about food is is ultimately like the ultimate way to demonstrate your class and your status and that's therefore bad because i don't think this is going away I don't think I think what the the film does really well is it points out how that kind of um how that that the way that class and the interactions between diners and staff working at restaurants, how that kind of snobbery really impacts the folks who are working in the kitchen and how it really impacts the the kind of the culture of fine dining, not only fine dining, but just restaurant work in general, because a lot of the times um, the folks who are actually putting those dishes together um, are not either like privy to the same kinds of access as the people who are eating those foods, so they might not necessarily be able to afford the kind of meal that they're actually serving. Um, so I think I think something that the film does really well is kind of pull out those tensions between like the diners who are really invested in this like culture of fine dining and also draw out the ways that sometimes service staff are invested, but then also ask the, ask the question like as diners ourselves, like as eaters ourselves, what are our responsibilities and obligations and how do we interact with food um so i think yeah i think it's doing a lot of really interesting things at once and not necessarily making i mean it's poking a lot of fun at the snobbery which it's it's a fun piece of the movie that i think a lot of people will find really funny um but yeah, I I don't want to spoil too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. But I think I think pointing that finger at sort of the snobbery is something that, you know, whether you you see yourself in that snobbery or certainly you have someone in your life that you can probably identify that would relate to one of those characters. I think that's that's the joy of it is when it's relatable. Yeah. That's what makes it really funny. I can't wait to see it. I'm so happy that you wrote an article about it, Melissa. I think the ta- the researching and having this be your area of study when it comes to food is just it's so interesting 
interesting. You can go in so many different directions with this. And our relationship with food as humans is something that uh, you could analyze forever. Where do you Absolutely. want this? Where do you want this research to go? And do you kind of want to dive into this area when it comes to our our status as it relates to food, or is there somewhere else that you really want to explore? I'm really interested in the ways that food can tell us a lot about how we relate to one another and our environment. So I think my research really leans into like this kind of focus where like how like, you know, restaurants structure our relationships to food and our relationships to like the people who are serving our food. But also I'm really interested in the ways that like um, certain foods are available or not available in certain places. And that says a lot about our relationship to the environment as well and um and also like our own histories and cultures um, because taste can can say so much about our cultural memories and i think that's a really interesting um piece about food that doesn't really get talked about too much um like the relationship to taste and cultural memory and 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 what that can mean for a lot of people when it comes to storytelling Fascinating stuff, Melissa. Thank you so much for making the time uh, and for your article. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Chelsea. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. That's Melissa Montanari, who is a PhD candidate in English and Cultural Studies at McMaster University with a focus uh, on food, as she just explained. And she wrote, I wrote a great article for theconversation.com talking about this movie, The Menu, and how it really shines a spotlight on our snobbery when it comes to food. I highly recommend that you check it out.